0: Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast, high impact men from across the nation, sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope to help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs.
1: And here we go with another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Where we bring on men to tell their stories, high impact men who have an impact in the people that they have influence over. Um, and that could be you out there, but maybe something you need to hear. We bring men on to tell their stories to encourage, and inspire, and equip guys, uh, and maybe bring some hope to guys uh, who need it uh, to become more virtuous leaders. That's our mission. Uh, here at the High Impact Man podcast, and uh, uh, my name is Nevin Gorky. I'm your host. I'm known as D-Fib to the F3 guys out there in F3 land. We'll describe that a little bit to uh, some of you listeners who don't know, but I'm joined as always by my co-host, Troy Klinger, uh, otherwise known as Dial Up in the Gloom, and he's subbing for Spielberg. Our man, our tech man, Spielberg is out with COVID, Uh, so Dial Up, you're filling in admirably.
0: I think we're doing okay. Yeah. We, we never really know until we hand over the uh, little micro SD card to Spielberg and yes, and yes he takes they, a listen and starts to do his editing. But right. all the numbers, all the little lights, <laughs> everything is showing up the way that it's supposed to. On as, the soundboard, it, looks, it looks very technical. And I've done a little bit good. with soundboard at the church once in a while. Yeah. yeah, I do it here a couple of times, but I,
1: th- I think we're doing good. Yeah, so Spielberg, when you hear this, uh, we miss you, man. But we're not we're,
0: gonna, we're not gonna outsource you. we not gonna, not, no. Well, we wouldn't outsource. We're not gonna get rid of you yet, Spielberg. We still need you. But get yeah, well.
1: Yeah, so recover quickly, so we could get you back here. That's right. You, you missed the good snacks today. I always feed my guys when they come over to the Nan Cave to record. And uh, anyway, you missed it today, Spielberg. All right, our guest today is Seth Brown. He in the F three world, he's known as Bono. A lot of you people out there probably know Bono or know of him. Is it Bono or Bono?
0: Well, I don't know. We're, we'll find we'll have they out. They find that out yeah. in a second.
1: Yeah, I think it's Bono. I've heard Dark Helmet say it before. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not flying. to... Yeah, come. yeah. Uh, uh,
2: only the old guys call me. Uh, only the old guys call me Bono, like Sunny and Sheer. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, YouTube, YouTube reference there for
1: sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll find out more about. So they that, must but, be older than you. Uh who? <laughs> he Those said, only, guys, "Only the older guys call I know him Bono." Who, I, yeah, well, I know but you called him
0: Bono, so you're not in that older guys. I am guys not always category. flying
1: blind; just most of the time. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I was intrigued to have Bono on because he is a cue of leadership development for the nation, and uh, that's that's uh, my D two X F three has really fit well into my D two X. D two X means your high impact zone where your gifts and talents that you have uh, meet. The people that you want to serve, and for me, that is uh, helping guys become better leaders, more virtuous leaders, and that just happens to be the mission statement for F three. And so, when we got a guy from the SLT, now on the SLT, we got cues of all kinds of things. We got sector cues, we got expansion cues, we got comms cues, we got culture cues, and things like that. But cue of leadership development seems to me to fit right in with our our mission statement. And uh, so, anyway, I wanted to have Bono on to talk to him about that, and uh, and uh, introduce him to you to rest of you who haven't heard his story we'll find out a little bit more so uh, Bono otherwise known as Bono uh, real name is Seth Brown he's from Greenville North Carolina and uh, so Bono bon, bon, yeah now you're gonna get me say Bono Bono <laughs>
0: mission accomplished That's it. Yep, yeah yep.
1: yeah thanks a lot anyway uh, Bono welcome to the High Impact Man podcast I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, so the first question is always with the F3 guys is, uh, how long, I know you sent me in your bio, but I'll let you tell everyone else, how long you've been involved with F3, who we h you, and how did you get the name Bono?
2: Bono. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, honored to be here guys. I've, I've had the opportunity to listen to several podcasts, cutting the grass, uh, and you got some really, really high impact men you've interviewed. So to, to be in with this crew is, uh. It was a great joy and honor and pleasure. Um, it was April 18th of 2015. My next door neighbor, his name is Shrimp. He happens to be about 6'4", about 260 <laughs> pounds. He's a, a hoss. But he makes a good shrimp stew, right? So they call him Shrimp. Um, it's a good nickname for him. He, uh, When I look out my back door, the deck we have, if we see his garage open, my girls knew they could go next door and play. And we had a trampoline, and so... One day, Shrimp came over. It was a Friday night. And he said, uh, Seth, you need to to come out and work out with us at F3. And I was like, man, I'm in the middle of the PhD program. I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning to read and do all this. I ain't got time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what he said. He said, we work out in the gloom. So that way you can be a dad the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, every time I tell that story, it still hits me. It's like, yeah, I got to get my concentrica right. I gotta, gotta do something different with, with where I am. So I'm doing a lot, and I got to be a dad the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, got the opportunity to go out. We played flag, or uh, ultimate football is what we played. Not flag, foot, ultimate football. Uh, the original Nantah of Greenville, of uh, ENC here, uh, Papa Smurf. He was the Q there. Uh, it was a great honor to, uh, to have that because I ended up taking over for him when he passed off or when he passed the reins off to me, Uh, but to have him there and then be able to pour into me. And uh, that was just a really cool thing. And I hurt until Thursday. I was like, (laughs) Uh I'm playing ultimate football like a kid. And I'm like sore until Thursday. So I was, I was hooked and mainly hooked because guy named Melo Johnny um, asked me, he's like, when you coming out again? And we talked about it. And it's that glue. The second F of the fellowship is the thing that kept me going. Yeah. Um, my buddy Tonka, who I'm in a shield lock with him. So we meet every Thursday and he's one of the, the four guys that holds me accountable. Uh, just about everything I do in life. He said, uh, what's your favorite band? I said, you too. He said Bono. Everyone said yes. And it was that quick and easy. So Ooh. first level, so easy yeah. as a nickname. I was like, I will take it. Uh, better than being called just the tip. Or dig a hole, or some <laughs> other crazy things that we have here. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I got got lucky.
3: I got lucky. He, yeah,
0: he mentioned being sore till Thursday. That's a stat we should start keeping because mm-hmm. you know we had an FNG last Friday, and you you, yeah. you you talked to him today, right? Yeah, and he said he just stopped taking pain medicine. Yeah, he just because he was his, feeling recovered yeah. from the workout. That's a stat we should keep. Like, what's the average length of the yeah. of the suffering after your first beat down when you right. come to, when you come to F three as an FNG? That'd be a great. That's
1: it. I,
2: on that note, I love getting a guy who says, Oh yeah, I work out five days a week.
3: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> that's freestyle, brother. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and when you wear his butt out and he spills Merlot or he throws up, and like, oh, oh, oh. like that's a different kind of working out. It's like, yeah, brother, yeah. That's a different kind of working out.
1: That's so, right. That's right. That's, what kind of shape were you in before you started?
2: I was always, uh, I mean, I'm, decent shape but not not great i mean I, I i pulled up a picture from when my girls were probably eight or nine um we went to lost colony because i'm out in eastern north carolina and uh I was like holy cow i didn't have the i got a slight beard that I, I have now just to make me look a little more old and dignified i guess uh-huh. maybe maybe studly is the way i'm trying i'm, I'm not succeeding very well but trying <laughs> um but I was clean shaven. You could see a little bit of a, a second chin growing there. And mm. I was like, holy cow. Um, so I was okay. Um, but not in the shape I'm wanted to be or need to be in order to survive. Um, I'm type one diabetic. So I got to keep myself halfway healthy to survive in life. Yeah. Um, so I'm on an insulin pump and, and so that's always presented challenges and probably more opportunities for me. Mm. Um, I've never been really out of weight as far as losing a lot of pounds, but I was nowhere close to where I am right now. Yeah. Have been the last seven years.
1: Have your insulin requirements gone down since you've joined F3 and gotten more fit?
2: Uh, The A1C level is what I, because I'm, it being type 1, my body doesn't produce any insulin at all. Yeah. Um, And so it was actually this weird thing. I got a virus when I was a freshman at Chapel Hill. And uh, thought I had mono because my then-girlfriend, now bride, her best friend had mono. I'm like, yeah, they're sharing Pepsi's at the cafeteria. I got mono. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it was type 1 diabetes.
3: Wow. Um,
2: so it was basically, I had a virus that Christmas. It attacked the pancreas. Call it autoimmune uh,
3: yeah.
2: type 1. So basically, it's one of these things that's, they got a name for it now. But it, it was mm-hmm. it was one of those things where my A1C is the level that you you look at over three months basically and that's in top top top-notch condition um keeps me healthy
3: yeah
2: um doctor said set set the side effects of diabetes you can go blind you can lose your toes and you go impotent you need to take care of yourself and one of those things got my attention as an 18 year old Uh, (laughs) right so i made sure that right there really good good uh control there Um,
1: yeah Wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Does a pump get in the way at all when you're working out?
2: Uh, well, I have a Omnipod now, so that was something about four years ago. I got frustrated when I'd, I've i done three Spartans, um, and I was limited to just the, the first two were just sprints because I couldn't take it off for more than two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I probably could, but then it just your sugars, it's so hard to get it back regulated when you go three or four hours without any insulin. Yeah. So now it's it's all right here, either on my arm or my belly. It's self-contained, so I can jump in the water with it. Um, a little weird because I have a um, like a, a dry pouch that I wear with it, and so I'll keep that on a, a pouch on my arm, on my shoulder. Um, I did a, a heavy, F3 Custom Heavy in Wilmington, and uh, had the little pod there that looked like a small cell phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys said, fine, I'm glad you told me you're diabetic because... I thought you were some goofball who showed up with an iPod mm-hmm. to a heavy. I was like, that guy's not going to make it. I'm like,
1: no dude, it's not an iPod. So Yo, you got to um, tell me what a heavy yeah. is. What's a heavy.
2: So uh, it's a go rock heavy is a 24 hour event basically where you, so you start, um, you load up with the same go rock so weighted back. You got a really heavy duty backpack with 30 pounds of steel in it. Plus all your gear your water that you need for 24 hours. Um, and basically, what they do is they beat you down as an individual. So that way, you become a team. Um, you do extremely, utterly, po- what, uh, what, uh, completely, completely uh, stupid, stupid and utterly, and utterly pointless, pointless
3: event.
2: Yeah, yeah, all those things. Uh, logs. The the cadre for us for some reason. We were in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is right on the beach, so we got in the water, and he told us we had to bring mask and snorkel. So we thought we were going to have this element where we we're going to learn. You know diving techniques because it's led by navy seals or a marine recon got all special operators and um this this guy's just known for brutal beatdowns. and he made us wear the mask and snorkel got us in the water you go of course with your head down so the water gets in the snorkel and that was right at sunrise or right after sunrise and we thought all right this is cool we got you know we put it away we walked away from the water we knew we were going away from water this is great and we do another little workout, and then he makes us put the mask and snorkel on. He pretends to kill three or four guys, so we have casualty carry, which means you have to carry his bag plus him. And we ruck a 5K with mask and snorkel on <laughs> in Wilmington <laughs> out of the water. And so you do stuff like that, it's just like, holy cow. But the, the, the cool thing is, in fact, I saw the wife of one of my buddies today at, at school, and uh, like he's my best friend, Marvel. I mean, I, I trust him. My wife trusts him mm-hmm. um, because we've been through some brutally um, terrible things together. And through that that turmoil, through that chaos, bonds of brotherhood are built. And mm-hmm. uh, I love the dude, and he's always there for me whenever I need anything, and same for me. So it's, so that's, it's cool uh, when you do things like that. So the heavy
1: is a go rock, which is uh, was was around go, and then and then we started the grow rock uh, with F three, right? So that's. We kind of took our own, yep. we did our own go ruck, call it a yeah. grow ruck. Yeah. Okay. And you were the queue for grow ruck, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The first, I think three years we did grow ruck, it was contracted through the go ruck cadre.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so we actually went to the company, contracted through them. And then I was actually the Q of grow ruck when we transitioned. So I, I did that from, for about two and a half years. Um, and part of that transition was, the The piece where we started using only our in house f three cadre you right. know Dred's a green beret, Danny's a green beret, major Payne at a Arlington, Virginia is a green beret, and we had some special operators, yeah, and so it was it was easy for us, and then of course, Danny got the whole um cadre academy going with some other guys as well, they're really high impact men.
1: yeah, there it is again, dial up Ruck. yeah, we got do one speaking to you, yeah, I know. Great yeah, was, and me, I, guess. I, I listened that. to that, and
2: some guys were hitting you up hard. And I I'm know.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. You well, well I want to do one. I would have done yeah. one by now if my if my back was okay. I didn't think I could ruck because I've had back surgery before. My back's not normal, and I got neuropathy in my leg, and I thought weighing, carrying weight would be bad. But then I read um, The Comfort Crisis, and in that book by Michael Easter, a couple of chapters talk about rucking and how people's back pain got better and stuff. So I started doing it a few months ago. Um, and so. I found out that I could do it at least for a little while. You know, I think the furthest I've gone is a little over, or three miles. I think the furthest I've gone is three miles. But um, yeah. but I was able to do it. And I, I, put, I built the weight up to 50 pounds, you know, for three miles. We'd stop and do exercises along the way. But uh, uh, but anyway, yep. I, I think I could do it. Then I started having back issues again. And I have already talked about this on the podcast. People are going to get sick of hearing this, but... I had an injection and it feels a lot better. So I'm hoping to maybe do a Grow Ruck. I can't do any of the Grow Rucks. We just mentioned this in the last podcast. Yeah. I, I can't do any of the Grow Rucks in the rest of 2022 because of work schedule. But I'm hoping to do one in 23, but the schedule for 23 is not out yet. So, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah.
2: It's, they're they're working on it. Um, yeah. There's some some good ideas and trying to, to get it worked out. But I would say the other thing, too, on that light is no matter who you are, you can't just throw on a ruck with 50 pounds and expect to succeed. Yeah. you got to slowly build it up. And so what you're doing by slowly building it up, you're able to actually get stronger in ways that you, you don't even know. Because when you have the weight on, you, you're you using muscles that you don't even know are there. Yeah. Uh, so doing that slowly and surely takes care of it. As long as you don't have something. I've got one of my best friends who did that same heavy with us, um, who actually is has had spinal problems because he was a catcher in college. And mm-hmm. uh, so he's having... Things fuse together, and that's a different whole mindset. Rather than uh, so, you got to make sure you you take care of yourself. Um, yeah, because you, you put yourself under stress in those events, and that's what makes them beautiful and great. And you don't want to hurt yourself because you got a life to live after those twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, now you're talking me twelve it. hours or whatever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know. it's it's you just you
2: you got to you got to be reasonable about it, and you got to get strong. Yeah, and so you don't don't do it magically.
1: Yeah, and for me, it happened. I shouldn't say it happened. I, I'm still. Uh I'm still a newbie, but um the first time I went out with twenty five pounds and I did a little over two miles, but I did uh a mile of elevation basically and uh and man, your neck, your traps, all that your shoulders are pretty sore. but after about three times or so, that gets a little better. it got better pretty quickly. And then I built up the weight, and you know I could do fifty pounds and climb that same mountain and stuff. So anyway, I knew that I did boot camp a long time ago in the army, and uh, we it was a separate training. You know, running is different, and you, yeah, like you said, you got to build up the the ruck stuff. Well, we're trying to do that. I mentioned it last podcast. We're trying to, to create a ruck culture here at our region. Uh, it's, we're not a very big region, and we're 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 just starting out with that. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm yeah. still. I've still got my sights set on something in 23. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, let's back up a little bit. Tell me sure. about um, where you grew up and your family life and what that was like.
2: So, I uh, I say I'm from Gates County, which is literally the most rural county in North Carolina.
1: Um, and there's some rural counties. I lived across in
2: North the county. bridge. Yeah, there are. I mean, we had one stoplight in the whole county. There were four restaurants, and three of them were barbecue restaurants, Eastern style barbecue, by the way. So, it's Vinegar <laughs> base. Is there, any um, other kind of that,
0: is there any other kind of well, barbecue? Is there any
2: other kind of barbecue? Well, that's that, <laughs> the people claim it, uh, but it's not the same. Um, yeah, we actually, and, and I'm spoiled here. I'm, I'm divert diverging a little bit, but here in Greenville, we have actually uh, the Skylight Inn. Pete Jones Barbecue is is one of these nationally recognized places, and people literally drive in from everywhere to have that. It's, it's wood cooked whole hog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, when you walk in, it's like completely silent except for the cleaver cutting the barbecue. <laughs> wow! Um, and it's just this work of art. Um, had a guy from Maryland that drove down. They were on vacation. They drove down. They went to Lexington. Went here. Went to Aiden, um, which is about ten miles away from me. And uh, I met him there, and um, it was pretty cool. I was like, "All right, so what's better?" He's like, "This is better." So, it's <laughs> Eastern North Carolina barbecue is special.
0: What um, was it? What was the name of the place? So I, I P- grew up there. He what?
2: It, it's I call it we call it Pete Jones, but it's called the Skylight Inn. The Skylight um, Inn, okay. It's um, they they call it yeah, so Skylight Inn in Aiden, A Y D E N, North Carolina.
0: Taking taking um, notes just so in case yeah, we're I are passing through.
2: Yeah, and anytime you're in eastern North Carolina, you look up barbecue, that place will pop up. All
1: right. Yeah, um, now the way I look and, at and it, I'm I'm not an expert because I'm not from the South, but I really like the the Carolina-based barbecue sauce, but I like that for pork and I guess chicken, but. Bo- but if I'm going for brisket, I'm looking at Texas. I don't know. Am I wrong about that?
2: I, oh well, we that you know brisket's different. Yeah, um, right. They, <laughs> they can have their beef out there and and use their barbecue sauce, and it's really really good. Yeah. But when you're dealing with with pork, it's uh it's Eastern North Carolina.
1: Yeah, different. I'm down yeah, with that. Sure. I like I like. I, in fact, I found a recipe online and made my own Carolina barbecue sauce. It was really good. I haven't made it in a while, yeah. but that yeah, it was. I I, I smoke things on my gas it, uh, grill. Uh, You could, turns out you could smoke things on a gas grill. I've been doing that. Here, here's something to take home with you. I know this is, we're not on the topic of the podcast, (laughs) but uh, we usually, we rarely stay on top We do. That's true. (laughs) Um, I have learned to smoke meatloaf. You should try that. Smoke a meatloaf. That is really good. Now I make them sweet. I put some brown sugar in my meatloaf, but. Yeah, and and the other <laughs> secret is you got to grate some smoked Gouda cheese into the meatloaf. But I smoked the meatloaf, lo- meatloaf on the grill, and man, everyone loves it. I forgot to tell you we did that. You tried it? I yeah, I to- I to-
0: I totally forgot to tell you that. You, you mentioned that right not yeah. too long ago. Maybe we were well, out you had some. I, I think I, we were out for wings or something like that. And maybe you mentioned it because it yeah. was Denine's idea. So Denine, my am. She's like she was making meatloaf because that was one of the like the kids last meal requests before we went back they went back to college they uh-huh. had like a list okay these are the things we're having for dinner the final week before they move move back into school and meatloaf was one of the things, and she's like, we should smoke it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. But I forgot the smoked gouda cheese mixing Oh, you got to
1: grate that in there. It keeps it moist. So, all weird. right, we're going to yeah.
0: we're gonna have to do a redo. But it was very good. Yeah. It was really, really good. It works, right? It, it, it worked, absolutely. All right, tell, I, tell, I tell Pete did not, Jones, I did, the Skylight I did, guy, wait, I did not, meatloaf. I did not do mine on a gas grill, though. You got a smoker? I got a yeah, charcoal and, and a smoke smoke box uh,
1: well we'll have to we'll have so to mine com- might have been better than we'll Deere's. have to compare meatloafs yeah
0: all right anyway back on task <laughs> sorry bono what were we talking about carolina <laughs> well, barbecue I'm talking about where you grew right. up and yeah, where bono where you, grew up, yeah where,
1: grew up. <laughs> yeah where you grew up you grew up in the one traffic light county it's, oh bono come on down. bono i'm sorry bono. there i did it dang it sorry oh no bono and i'm younger than you <laughs> <laughs> all right carry on tell me about your life growing up brother
2: so, uh, yeah, so there's not much to do in Gates County, um, grew up in, in, my dad, for some reason decided he wanted, he wanted goats, he wanted birds. So we raised peacocks, raised guinea fowl, um, pheasants, um, red golden pheasants. We had a little zoo almost, and it was my job to take care of that. Um, I was the oldest, I'm the oldest of two boys. My brother's 14 months younger than I am, um. And so he's actually still lives in Gates. He teaches uh, PE there. His wife teaches at the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things where it's just, it's part of home. Uh, Boy Scouts was a huge part of what I did. Um, pretty much once a month, if not twice a month, we were out doing an event, uh, camping, hiking. Um, that really taught me how to lead uh, from the time I was 11 years old. Okay. Uh, so I progressed all the way up through the Eagle Scouts. Um, did the Order of the Arrow, I was a visual Honor member, Um, worked on the lodge level, which is 20 counties in northeastern North Carolina, Croatan Lodge, and was the lodge chief, did that, and Founders Award, and then worked on the national level. Um, And probably the, the coolest thing I have been able to do, or one of the coolest things, especially early on, was to start the Order of the Arrow trail crew, which is a high adventure program we started in 1995. Uh, There were three guys from North Carolina, one guy from Florida. And um, it's just one of those things to be able to go out to the the Rocky Mountains, to Cimarron, New Mexico, to the premier high adventure program or basin in in the Boy Scouts at that time. This was in 1995. Um, And to be able to develop something brand new. And it was totally cool and awesome. You want to talk about F3 being outdoors at all times? I mean, literally, we were outdoors. Um, Went 28 days without getting in a shower. Which I love, love yeah. talking about. You just you learn how to stay clean other ways, and oh, it was so much fun. A guy, we would build a guy trail of, for a week, we'd hike for a week. We could go anywhere we wanted. I think, right. my, I it think cool. my nephew, a guy I, I work with, Chuck Haney, yeah. he
1: did that with his kid. Okay, his son. Yeah, because I remember he needed three walk three weeks off of work in the summer, which was a big deal to lose somebody for three weeks. Yeah, so you're the guy that started yep. that.
2: Yeah, it. That was that, I was the youth chairman, and then two of the guys from our local council here worked at Philmont and were two of the, uh, the director and assistant director and another one from Florida. So I wrote the curriculum, um, wrote the ceremonies that we did. And, um, I know, was just one of those things of just watching. One of my good buddies was hiking on top of the, the tallest mountain at Philmont. We called it Baldy mountain, 14,441 feet above sea level. Mm. Um, and you memorize that as a staff member. So I still know it. Um, but he was hiking over Baldy, and had this vision of, you know, we're the board of the era We're supposed to be the honored camping organization. What are we doing to actually start to do service? Uh, we're called the Brotherhood of for Service. And we don't do anything on the national level for service. And so the idea was to build trail at Philmont. And by doing that for a week and working your butt off like dirty, nasty, not just cutting down a tree. You got to dig the roots out mm-hmm. because if you want a trail to trail the last 100 years, you can't have the roots rotting away. So it was just hardcore really good fun work um and that was like 12 months or uh, 15 16 months after I became type 1 diabetic wow so I dealt with that as well so it was one of those things of just make sure I'm still can can do these things and right. it was fun just transformational as far as knowing that nothing's going to stop me as far as with type 1 making sure I can push through and
1: yeah. and knowing that and pretty, so you were in college at the time
2: yeah. I was I was yeah. um that was 95. So that was my sophomore year there. Um, I mentioned this earlier, I guess beforehand, but I was clean shaven at one point and I came back with a full beard and, uh, my, my bride, Joanna, she was my, I called her my lady back then. She, we were more than boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, but she looked at me after two and a half months of not seeing me. And uh-huh. she looks at me and I have this full beard on and she stops at the airport. And I remember this stops and says, what the hell is that? <laughs> um, and I was like, I just gotta save it for the guys and my roommates, right? I wanted to <laughs> shave it off a little bit and do different things with it and just act like a fool, but mm-hmm. it was one of those things that that's my memory. I was like, Two and a half months, three full moons, I haven't seen you, and that's the first thing you say. She's <laughs> like, Yeah. It's so gross. She didn't like um, it. Uh-huh. So it's just yeah, it's just little stuff like that, that uh that you remember.
1: Well beards have come into vogue now.
0: Oh, it's yeah.
1: Yeah, dial-up has a problem I have to
0: keep with it. Mine don't prim. get yeah.
1: Don't yeah. get me started. Yeah, I'm going to get him started. He doesn't like. <laughs> he thinks that they're posers. All these guys with beards. Not
0: all of them. I think. Oh yeah. I think there's a fair amount of posers that yeah. they they think that the beard makes them yeah. the man. Yeah, you know, a big burly mountain man That's- just just because they have this big bushy beard. But I bet you a bunch of them are actually yeah wusses for lack of <laughs> any other Not terms. Very manly right. Man, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, it's right?
2: cover up, yeah. Face, right? yeah, it's a cover-up,
1: literally, yep. of your yeah. face, right? it's a cover-up. Yeah, yeah, wearing masks. All right, cool. Well, so uh, and you went to school at Chapel Hill. Is that where uh, – well, what would you get your degree in? Now you got you end up with a Ph.D. degree. What was your undergraduate in?
2: So I was a, a North Carolina teaching fellow, so it was a degree in education, and I taught, um, taught middle school, social studies, science, math, and English. Back in the day, I literally taught all four core subjects. Um, then I taught world history at the big high school we have here, Rose High. Mm-hmm. Um, so I taught world history during 9/11, which was phenomenal. Wow! Uh, very diverse school. Um, I had a had a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim in every class, and a Hindu in three out of five.
3: Wow! So when we were wow.
2: talking about just world world history and religion and just the you know. The shared experience of people across the country is like holy
0: cow! That was a really cool time. Yeah, that would be really um, neat to have all them in there together, yeah, you know, sharing their yeah, perspectives. It was fun. Yeah. Mm. yeah.
2: And the kids I taught my first year in sixth grade, I taught them again in tenth grade in world history. Uh, so it was neat to circle back with them and see, right? You know how much how crazy it is that kids grow. If you don't have a teenager, you don't realize this how crazy from
1: sixth yes. grade oh. to tenth
2: grade. It just
1: oh yeah, it's
2: crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, especially boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so was, was that your
2: it favorite good, subject? Good time. Yeah, I, I'm a social studies guy. Uh, ended up getting my, my master's in school administration. So I was a principal for 10 years, assistant principal and principal for 10 years um, in Aden, by the way, which is how I know about the, the barbecue. Uh-huh. Um, and so and then went back and got my Ph.D. in curriculum and instruction, and in social studies education. Uh, so really, how do we make social studies? It's the basically how do we get kids engaged with questions and then actually produce something with that investigation. Yeah. So how do they inquire? How do they research? How do they answer questions and how do they come up with a product? So it's not just some dumb facts. You know, what happened in 1492? That's dumb, right? Yeah. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It's it's how do you actually do something with the facts? Yeah. Um, and so that's the cool thing that I, I love doing there and studying.
1: Um, so connecting the dots, right? History. Have, have we learned yeah. from history? Have we learned?
2: Uh, we, we learn. We, we like making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I know. And, and, and that's the thing, I think, that's, that's neat even in today's politics, right? No matter yeah. what side you're on. Yeah, you're looking at. We've seen this pattern before. It's always different, but the pattern is there, and that's what we are as human beings. Right. That's honestly why I love F three. It's it's disrupting the status quo. If you notice something is happening, we our job as leaders is to disrupt the status quo. Right. To do the difficult thing, um, and it's so hard to do. <laughs> right. It's yeah. so hard to do.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. I think it was was it Santiago that said, "Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it." I, I think he was wrong. I think that uh, even people who know history still repeat the darn thing. But, but it might work this time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. And I'm younger than you. I, I, like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's not the same way you did it.
1: Right. right? Yeah. It's, it's better
0: this way. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing new under the sun, right? Human nature doesn't change. So that's why we keep repeating these darn things. Oh well, that's this utopian world. Well, no, don't get me started on worldviews. All right, that's a different podcast.
0: Was <laughs> <laughs> this group of people called the Israelites? That yeah. <laughs> right, that just kind of
1: over and over again they kept uh, making, yeah, <laughs> not then getting then they'd the have message, to repent, right? Yeah, from, turn back to God, then they'd turn away from. Yeah, yeah, It goes yeah. back a little ways, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: It goes, yeah, yeah. All right, if so I, that's sort of so, I, I, look real quick on that because you, you're you're heading down one way. I, I listened to the podcast and um, you were mentioning a mere Christianity. So I started reading that um, and, and actually been tweeting. I, I take a picture and send it to the, the nation's SLT. I'm like, all right, go in deep here. Uh-huh.
3: Um,
2: and on that light, that that note, there's one, one sort of passage that uh, uh, C.S. Lewis talks about where he actually mentions um, the first sin was, was created when the devil you know, sort of convinced man that he could act like God. Right. Right. And so my aha there was that pride is that first thing, right. That we could be as powerful and beyond just ourselves and and not have any humility at all. Right. And so my question to the the SLT was, all right, so if pride was the first sin, does that mean that humility and vulnerability is the key to to answer that? One of the the characteristics that as leaders, we have to make sure we, um, we follow and use and actually do. And that's where I think for me, the circle of trust is so powerful for us. Right. Because you want to talk about humility in that circle of trust where you enclose with men and they can be completely vulnerable. Yeah. Um, that's one of those cool, cool things. And Brene Brown talks about it in all her, her leadership books and stuff that she does. It's amazing what happens when you sort of flip that a little bit.
1: Um, yeah.
2: If pride is the sin, then what's the, what's the, the solution right, vulnerability, yep. humility. So it got me thinking, if nothing else,
1: yeah. So, so a couple of things on that. So, Mere Christianity, um, that was the dread podcast because reading Mere Christianity helped him become a Christian. Um, I had read it early after I became a Christian uh, because I was, I read a book by Chuck Colson called Loving God. It was the second book I read after I read the Bible, and he referenced C.S. Lewis a lot in Mere Christianity and he in his uh biography. Uh, he mentioned it anyway. I decided to read it, so I started reading a bunch of C.S. Lewis. But on the topic of humility, where you where you're going, where you went with that, it's just coincidental. Although there are no coincidences. Um, yeah. I'm an elder at our church, and we're talking. We decided we're going to start discussing prayer. Right, and and so you know, I go to what Jesus said because the disciples came and said, "Teach us to pray." It's like, okay, here we go. Here's the answer. He says, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." The kingdom come, they will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that whole thing to me is just what you talked about. It's talking about our right relationship in, uh, to God, and that means that we uh, have to uh, submit and be and humble ourselves before God because right. He's you know, hallowed be Thy name, and and our goal is to have a mind. Our minds, our, our wills in line with God. So thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not our plan for our lives. We have to be in line with God's will. It takes tremendous humility to do that. So I think you are right on uh, with that. Um, that's what this is all about, acknowledging God as uh, as he exists. He created everything, and I need to humble myself before him and submit Right, submit to the God that died for me. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm on my soapbox. I got to get <laughs> off. But it's just so cool that you brought that up because we're talking about that right now in our in our elder meetings and stuff. And then if you if you if you humble yourself and you submit like that, then you can be a servant leader, right? And you and that's what yeah. that's what the best leaders are, right? I'm talking to the guy who's a Q of leadership it, it, development. It, I, be- I better let no, him tell you no, it, this. It, it's, it's what.
2: <laughs> No, it, it's what we talk about. And I think it's the constant thinking and constant question and constant inquiry that, that makes leaders grow and, and accelerate, right? It's yeah. not the status quo. So it's, it's followership. It's this whole idea that in order to lead, the first thing you have to do is follow. And that's uh-huh. the coolest thing about a Grow Ruck event or a Go Ruck event is there's only one guy who's the team lead. The rest of them are the team. Right. And they literally have to follow the lead, even if it's a guy who, it's not as strong as you or is, has less experience than you. You have to follow that leader or otherwise it's complete and utter um, And that, that idea of followership is about humility, which is what leaders have to do. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. That's Thanks. cool. Yeah. Well, that's pretty neat. You listen to yeah. one of our podcasts and you end up studying mere Christianity and you're taking it back to the SLT. That is sweet. How about that? Yeah. Yep. That was
2: cool. Yeah, very that cool.
1: Was very cool. So, tell yeah. me um, your uh, your your job now. Um, I read it, but I want you to describe it. What you're what you're doing now?
2: Yeah. So I am the director of leadership development um, and educator support. So basically, my job started out after I was a principal, uh, moved to the district level. It was to support beginning teachers specifically, um, and we have a lot of them, uh, especially now. To be honest with you. Uh, so that's, that's one role that I work with the team that supports all of our beginning teachers. And then uh, it was in 2016, we got a, a grant to look at, um, to expand teacher leadership. So how do we expand and empower our teacher leaders across the district? Uh, so it was a $16 million grant, plus we got federal money or state money as well. So it's a $20 million total grant, uh, five years, and we were able to do some phenomenal stuff and do a lot of a lot of study and a lot of learning, a whole lot of training. Um, and then this last October of last year, uh, we got another $5 million grant to expand that into education, educate, educational leaders. So principals, assistant principals, um, and how do we make sure you're able to lead the teacher leaders who are now constantly accelerating. So basically I get to tell, when I train, I tell a whole lot of F3 and a whole lot of Grow Rock stories. Yeah. Um, it's real practical. Um, dreads, ask, listen, remember is something I shared twice yesterday with, with uh, principals and assistant principals. We we're talking about what do you, how do you form caring relationships as a leader? Well, you got to ask them something. You got to listen to them when they actually do it and you got to remember it, which means you got to bring it back up. So that way you form a relationship and they know you care about them. Yeah. And that's a Dreadism, totally. One of this little hip pocket nuggets of truth that he, he shares,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Now, how how difficult is it yeah. to do that um, or I guess I should say how how much is the uh, how should I word this the political correctness uh, um, impacting that uh, you know the whole pronoun thing and stuff I mean we got crazy stuff I'm told happening locally where they put like litter boxes in the bathrooms because kids are identifying as cats and stuff I mean this just like totally crazy no. so so you know how so how much of that do you have to deal with and is that involved in you know what you're doing
2: uh. It's well so equity is is a piece of, of what we work with in the department. Uh it's not one of my specific areas and it is also something that's important for me and, and really when I think about something like that, like just the term equity, it's making sure that every kid can learn. Right. Um and so I look at the you know, the poor kids, whether they're white or black in Aid, North Carolina or in Pactolis or in some of the rural areas here. I mean, literally where they have more outhouses, um, per capita than anywhere else, right? It's it's one of these areas that's that's really poor, really rural. Um, the poverty is out there. It's how do we take care of every kid? So some of the things, and I, I sort of moaned a little bit when you talked about the cat litter box. I'm like, that, I don't think that crap's real. At least it's not real in the schools that I deal with.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, social media does a whole lot of that. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I think social media does a lot of that. So really what I'm, I'm, I try to focus on and look at is, when we started school this week, um, and it's the excitement that kids see when they come in. And, and for, for me, it's not just trying to take care of every kid because I realized early on, I can't do that. Right. Um, our job is to take care of the leaders who can take care of the leaders who take care of every kid. Mm. Um, and that's that sort of expansive function of, of education and how do we change things? Cause there are a lot of stupid things that we do in education. Mm. Uh, just point blank as an educator, a lifelong educator, um, And so it's something I think that it's important that we got to look at why are we doing this and why are we doing this this way? Who's benefiting it? And always asking those questions is the key thing that we do. Um, So I think part of it is there is a lot of politics. Uh, Our school board meetings were quite interesting Um, when we look at what books are in our libraries and and those things. Um, Luckily, we have a superintendent who is a leader in Knows how to not just appease, but knows how to how to listen and how to how to lead, um, helped us navigate through that. Um, it's eased up a whole lot, at least where we are here. Um, we're focused on trying to to make sure we educate kids, which is really what's important. Right. Um, the politics is going dis- to distract us, unfortunately. Right. So we have to really hold the line. Hold yeah.
1: the Maybe you should get mere Christianity in the libraries and put that one in there.
2: Well, it it can be in there, right? I think I think it's one of those things you got to have a little bit of everything. And yes, you do. Uh, it's it's interesting to see when you actually start looking at, at what cool books are in there, no matter what what line you're on, uh-huh. uh, what religion you're looking at. And yeah, um, it's a, that's a book that's got me really thinking. Good, uh-huh. um, ask, ask Dark Helmet and the, the guys. They're like, "Oh, geez," <laughs> I was thinking again.
1: Um, yeah. So. Well. Uh, speaking of which, uh, hello kitty. Who's on your SLT. He, is it him? Yeah, it's him. He's involved with, isn't he involved with his mammon, uh, trying to get, uh, equity as far as, uh, access to education and different types of education. Doesn't he do that?
2: Yeah, he's, we're on a little bit of a different sides of the spectrum. Um, on that. So he's, he's more in the, the charter school spectrum and I'm more of the public school spectrum mm-hmm. spectrum. So still the same aim is just different, different methods to get to that same aim. So we agree to to listen and respect each other. And even though we, we go about things differently. Uh, you're trying, you're so trying yeah, he, to make the public schools work. as
1: good as they can be. And he's giving people an alternative.
2: Well, he, he is. And, mm-hmm. and I think part of it for me is if I think just just the way, at least in North Carolina, the way the Constitution is written is, is we have a constitutional obligation to make sure that every kid is taken care of. And if we're not doing it in public schools, then bottom line is we got to get the public schools right. Yeah. Um, and we do that through leadership. And that's the thing where, you know, all the complaints people have, you can't make excuses for them. Uh, we got to own them. We got to acknowledge them. We got to identify them as challenges and we got to address them. Um, and I think that's the, the only way we make progress and, and keep moving forward. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time to be an educator. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: Well, you've got your hands full, but it's an incredibly important job. No, oh, it is. Yeah. Now, speaking of leadership, really? let's talk yeah, about your position sure. as a queue of leadership development. And uh, one of the things you shared with yeah. us, uh, is you sent us that document uh, that you have uh, in regard to that. And Man, that's a, there's a lot of stuff on that document. Um I want you to just talk about it, um, yeah. initially, like what's your, uh, what's your, what's your mission? What's your, uh, I don't know what the word is here. Uh, what, what's your commission to do this? Like what, what are you trying to accomplish yeah. at the national level?
2: So I think the first thing we got to do as a leader is you got to identify the mission, right? What's the vision of what you're going to do. And, right. and so for us with the leadership development, share leadership team, our mission is to enhance and empower leaders, to learn, to share, and to refine how to build and inspire leaders. So, that to boil it down, it's leaders build leaders, and um, it's one of those things that I think is is vitally important. Um, we base it a little bit off of Q Source um, and the LDP process, right. which is the leadership development process. Uh, so, a little bit based on what what Dred puts in the book, where we have schooling, then we have apprenticeship. Then you have opportunity and then you learn through failure, right. um, which is key. So those four steps, we sort of tried to figure out how do we make those real? How do we make it something that we can put into a process and share nationally, not to mandate, but to share? What are some of the best practices? What are some of the things we've done across the nation? Um, so really in that that idea of learning, um, we have a the view of education, which is Tommy Boyd. Um, and his role there is to really make sure that we look at things like Q Source, which is our leadership development book. Um, we've got different things um, as far as the Stuff Worth Trying Manual, which is sort of a conglomeration of all the best practices and trying to develop that. We have a call on that tomorrow, mm-hmm. by the way, um, to, to look at that. So that's really about learning. So that's one aspect there is. You got to get the information out. You got to share it. Uh, that's where the book free the lead comes in, and the book Q source comes in, and um, those kind of things. So that way we um, we do that. So that's that's one aspect. And then the the next two are sort of combined and sort of different. We look at the leadership development process for the individual and then for the region. Um, so the idea there is is how do we develop leaders who can constantly accelerate themselves. Um, and we use the concept there is the G3L, which is the, the quadrants in the Q source. So it's how do we get right as a, as a leader first? You have to get yourself right before you can even think about leading anyone else. Mm-hmm. Then how do you live right? How do you prove it? Then how do you lead right? And then you can leave right. And that's how you build leaders and leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the, the process for individual leadership. And so we're looking at how do we share resources so guys can individually become leaders. Um, I can tell you, that's probably one of the coolest things about F3 is watching a man who has never had the opportunity to lead other men, lead a workout that first time, right? Uh, That VQ and and how scared they are. Um, You can tell their hiney's just puckered up and they're they're not (laughs) talking loud and they're Uh. quiet. And And it's one of those things, the first, and and we we try to tell guys around is the first thing you want to do is give guys a simple command so they follow you. Uh, So that's why we have the cadence and we we do two schools. So you learn. Next exercise is the side throttle hops. Starting position, move, in cadence, exercise. And it's a process. And here's the thing. If you don't get it right, it doesn't matter. Guys will follow you, Right. right? As long as you... Like Dred says, when falling died and, and those processes, when they learn that and lead men in the gloom of the morning at 530 in the morning, it's amazing how it impacts their entire life. And so that's one aspect is how do we help support regions, build individual leaders? Yeah. How do we support and make sure that you don't have to recreate the wheel every time? Um, so we've got lots of different projects there we're looking at as the second one. Uh, and really the third one we're focusing on right now is that regional leadership development process. Um, so the the leader of a region is a Nantan, um, and so that's the spiritual leader. Uh, so how do you build those future leaders? And then how about the leaders within the, the region? Because um, you can't simply, in education we say, you can't simply hand someone the keys and say, here, go teach the class.
3: Right.
2: You can't tell someone, oh, you're the first FQ, and they have no idea what the first F is, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had that problem before um, where a guy is an athlete and he's not a leader yet. Right. He hasn't had mm-hmm. that opportunity. Right. Um, and so how do we provide that opportunity? How does he learn through failure? How do we work that process? So we're working on like a Nantan trajectory. Like how do you, how do you get right as a, as a future leader? Mm-hmm. How do you live right as a future leader and clarify your vision? How do you then start leading and building leaders as you go through and then how do you, you leave, right? So you leave and the guy who's going to follow you is going to continue or even better the trajectory that you're on. That's how, you know, you really did a good job. So those are the three things there. The other one is challenges. Um, and actually that's where Cadre Danny and the grow team is, is looking more at that. So that's a, an area that's going to be affiliated with us. And it's also going to be its own little team and we can talk about any of those things as well. So that's sort of the four areas three that we're really focused on, and the other one is the Grow Ruck team and Cadre Danny and his team.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, so um, I um, planted the shovel flag here two years ago. I had experienced F3 initially down in Florida for about six, seven months, something like that, before I moved back to where I came from in Pennsylvania and planted the shovel flag eventually here. Um, i surprised. I was very surprised at how many guys... Uh, don't want to cue and and how bad they are at just, you know, those simple things. Kids. I don't, for whatever reason, and I think there's, I think it's multiple reasons that I think, I think that I was always, I was always comfortable with it. You know, how well I do with it is, you know, other guys could talk about, but, but I was always comfortable with it. And, and part of it is probably because I'm just an arrogant guy, but, um, but I also I went through boot camp a long time ago but you know it, it was only eight weeks but you learn you don't you never forget the exercises and cadence and you know that kind of stuff plus I coached a lot so you know coaching you had to develop workout plans every practice and so I had I had that kind of experience I, I was shocked at how many guys really struggle with that and and don't want to do it
0: and, and guys that you wouldn't yeah. so, think yeah. would have trouble with it right right yeah exactly like guys that are
1: in positions where they
0: they They've had leadership positions. They've, you know. Been, Even public
1: speaking been experience. on stage or public yeah.
0: speaking experience. Yeah. And then yep. you just put them in that smaller setting with a group of guys and all of a sudden it's like. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they kind of clam up and like their self-confidence that you yep. see in other settings is just gone. Yeah. Like yeah. gone. It's,
1: it's shocking to me, but it's, true. it's but the, but the, true.
0: But the awesome thing, though, is seeing those guys that quite frankly sucked on their under VQ, right? <laughs> and, 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 and like just struggled. Uh-huh. The improvement, yeah, right. Like you know, I, we won't mention names, but like there's yeah. a couple yeah. couple members of our packs that you know it, uh, you wish you had that video of them leading that first beat down right. and then to be able to show a video of where they are now, and that's that's awesome. Yes, it's just absolutely awesome to to, yeah. to see that growth and uh, their confidence, their abilities.
2: That's that's the excel the acceleration yeah. we're looking for, right? Yeah. How do we accelerate leaders every day? And we do it in the gloom of the morning. We do it when there's limited visibility. We do it when you're exhausted because mm-hmm. 40 minutes into a workout, you're supposed to be exhausted yeah. and it's supposed to be hard to breathe. Yeah. And as a leader, you have to get right constantly so you can actually speak when you're exhausted <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. and know how to do that. Um, and, and that's a, a, an element that scares a lot of guys and, and I think the trick through that in the leadership development process is not the education of here's here's how to say the cadence and here's how to here's exercises. You can look up in the exicon, It's that apprenticeship. So, right. The, the other thing, too, is if you really want to lead, how do we co-cue together? How do we work together? Uh, how do we build confidence? Um, mm-hmm. Instead of just simply pushing a guy off a cliff, how do you make sure you tether with him? And that way, the parachutes going together, and that's the first experience they get. And then pretty soon, they're doing it on their own because they know. Right. Um, and so, I think that's the other thing too: is how do we support? So, our role as a leadership development team in the nation is to provide the resources to make it more effective, more efficient um, for regions and leaders to to grow new leaders. That's mm-hmm. the that's the mantra. How do we build leaders all the time?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I have a question for you. I this this is some advice I gave my packs uh, a while ago. Um, probably a year and a half ago, we had Banjo uh, came up uh, as a troubadour when we had troubadours, made a troubadour visit. And he let a uh, cue to a, a beatdown. We had about 18 guys there or something like that. And at the end, he brought in guys that had never cued before. At the very end, we circled up, and he let them just cue, you know, just uh, lead one exercise each and that kind of thing. And and I gave the advice to the guys after they got done doing it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I told them that, you know, even if you don't have the wording right, even if you're not sure be commanding and I, because guys want to be led and you know, don't say, well, okay, let's, uh, I guess we can do whatever. exercise. And I said, no, just be commanding. Now, now is that good advice?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it's dread calls it when falling dive. Yeah. Right. It's about don't, don't apologize, be committed and just do it and guys will figure it out. Right. Um, And so it's, it's that, that confidence to know that you have, it's the twofold, right? I do have a responsibility as a, as a leader of the workout to know the cadence and how to say it. I do have a responsibility to know some workouts and how to, how to plan the workout. And I can also just lead and guys will follow. Right. Um, and so I think that first part is the first mantra is, is when falling dive, just go for it. Um, don't apologize. Um, don't sit there and act timid. Just go for it um, mm-hmm. and keep keep going through It's amazing what happens during a grow ruck, during that workout uh, Saturday morning. We always do that. That's one piece that we do is we have to teach a guy how to lead a workout who's never led one before. And then that guy teaches a guy how to lead a workout, which is really cool.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but it's
2: amazing how they start flubbing when they're doing, yeah, jumping jack, side straddle hops, right? right? And and the thing is, you just let them roll.
3: Yeah.
2: Just let them go. Just let them go. Just and you always want to stop them and teach them. It's like, let them go. Because then at the end, when they do that, the after action report, the AAR, it's a matter of, all right, how'd that go? And they can say, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And I did this. I'm like, all right, so let's get better. And the idea is always accelerate. Um, and so, yeah, that I think that advice is, is rock solid. Um, just just get her done. Just lead. Yeah. Make up a name for an exercise if you don't know it. Just, it doesn't matter. Guys think it's funny, right? <laughs> Just make up a name and roll with it.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Worst case scenario, I think we've had guys say these things and then they demonstrate it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> well, and, and it really works. That's the other uh, surprising thing um, to me is how well this really does work at developing guys' confidence and their ability uh, to take that into their other parts of their lives, whether it's their work. Their family, their church, or community, and yeah. and being willing to step up, like, "Hey, I did that in front of a bunch of guys. It was scary. I did it." And uh, the more they do it, the more confidence they gain. And that's, I think, of all the things that I hear from guys that come on the podcast that are members of F uh, three, I think the the biggest thing I hear are the confidence level that grows when you're part of F three when you're really engaged and you're yeah. showing up. And, and so that's you know that's super cool, yeah. and and that, that leads to better the, leadership.
2: That's the. Be- yeah, that, that's the beauty of, of that, that, that fourth principle, right? That, that it's led by, by different men in a rotating fashion without training or certification required. It's this idea that you have to lead. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things. It's not going and, and watching some clipboard guy, right? Yell at you. Uh, that gets old after a while, but the, the a responsibility of leading is really what solidifies membership in my yeah. mind. When we can get a guy to cue a workout, those are the guys. We, we looked this up when I was Nantan early on, and I think it was eighty, it was 82.6% of our members who had posted that month had led at least one workout. And so our thing was, as fast as we can get them comfortable, let's push them and lead a workout, because that's yeah. when they come back and keep 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 coming back.
1: Yeah, um, that's great. Powerful. Now, the other um, thing you had in that document was that intrigued me was a future, I guess, um cooperation with
2: Spartan Race? Say say that one more time. I lost you. You have a uh,
1: uh, future cooperation with Spartan Races?
2: Yeah, we, we do actually and we're working on three different projects right now that, that have come together and that's something again we we have calls out. Um so got a guy from Jacksonville, uh, Florida, Printain who has a relationship with uh, Spartan races already. And and that one is more what we're calling the recruitment race, sort of like a regular CSOP with Spartan. But the idea is how can we get the different regions together, different sectors together? How can we get a tent there? How can we recruit guys uh, who are not members of F3 to a race? Mm -hmm. Uh, It helps Spartan because they get more guys to compete. Uh, It helps F3 because we have a fun event to do. We get regions together. Uh, there's bonds of brotherhood that happen when you can run a crazy race. And then you know, if we have a beer boat, that's great. Um, we used to do that back in the day in uh, in, uh, in South Carolina. We had the Marine Corps Mud Run, and they literally had a rowboat full of beer at the end. And it's amazing what happens when when you can form those relationships. So that, that's one aspect of, of it. Uh, the other, the Grow Ruck crew is looking at the trail races that Spartan's doing. Um, and trying to look at how can we create projects there um, sort of a, more of a running rather than grow up piece uh, so that's an opportunity there and the guys in spartan that we talk with are interested in that because they're looking to try to grow that aspect of their program the third one and the one that to me is most interesting um, for me is the hurricane heat kind of concept which is again it's a they they call it a four or 12 hour. I think we would go for the 12 hour more like a grow ruck thing, but it's using the obstacles mm-hmm. um, to create challenges for leaders to really, that's where the opportunity and failure piece comes in. Um, so right now what we're trying to do is get coordinated um, with the, the right people in Spark. We've got some really good contacts. And so we'll see how that rolls. Um, but it's something that could have a tremendous potential for um, right now. Um, Different aspects, different programs, and same partner looking
1: at. Yeah, that all That's sounds really cool. cool. I've never done a Spartan race. Yeah, That's all true. those things. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for a grow ruck, I'd be tar- targeting a Ra- Spartan race.
2: Yeah. They, they, let me tell you, and the Spartan race will, is one of those challenges that they're tough, and they're good, and you'll get muddy. Uh, you'll have to work. It's it, You can do it as an individual. Uh, it's a whole lot more fun with buddies. Um, I've done two with F3 guys and loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. I did another, uh, the, the mid one now, um, they used to call it a super. Uh, I did with my college roommates. Um, and, but that, that's one where, uh, it's, it's F3 is designed to train you for Spartan races, period. Right. Um, so if you can do F3, you can do a Spartan race.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought you did a sprint one time. I did a warrior dash.
0: Warrior dash.
1: Yeah. So that was similar uh, obstacle course race. It was a 5k. I can't remember how many obstacles there were, but that was years ago because I had my first shoulder operation in like February or something like that. And I needed, I I thought I'd give myself some inspiration to rehab. And so there was a warrior dash in June. And so I just signed up for it, my son and I, and uh, that made me motivated to go to rehab and really, you know, work harder. And I was really worried that I wouldn't be able to climb some of the walls because of my shoulder, but actually I was able to do it. Yeah. The hardest part was crawling through the mud under the barbed wire. It wasn't mud; it was some kind of gray, oh, yeah. gooky clay stuff. All right, so here's so this is interesting, yeah, it right? In, it in yeah.
0: right? It was in Pennsylvania, right? It was in Pennsylvania. It was at clay. the
1: uh, the Pocono Raceway. Uh, the obstacles yeah. were around the outside of the raceway, so you could hear cars zooming around inside. It wasn't a race day, but people were driving.
0: They do a they do a uh, like a race driving school thing. Yeah. Day.
1: So yeah. there's a lot of people because you had to go you know get different times that you got to leave with your pen. You know. It wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't a constant run because there were lines at some of the obstacles to wait to get on it. But um, but at the end, the last thing you did was this crawl under and through the mud under the barbed wire, right? And so you get out, you're clean until then. You get out now, you're just covered with mud. So now there's three lines of people lining oh, up to go up to these fire trucks. I've heard this story. Yeah, line up to go to these <laughs> fire trucks. And fire trucks <laughs> have these hoses to hose you down, hose all the mud off of you, right? And I'm tired i'm 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 hungry i'm t- i want to get a drink and i'm just soaked in mud and and i'm waiting in line and there was a girl in front of me who had done the race and she didn't you know she it was summertime she was wearing you know athletic wear and uh the guy that hosed her down i was in line and she, he just kept hosing her and hosing her and hosing her and I'm standing there waiting. Like, I just want to get this mud off me. I go up there. He goes, you're done. Get out of here. (laughs) Still half covered in mud. Yeah. I still has a mud on me. like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, it was a warrior dash. got a cool uh, helmet, fuzzy helmet with horns on it and stuff, but I haven't done a Spartan yet. So there you go. Hey, I think they're having a a sprint. Well, I think they do multiple things at the same site, but they're having a Spartan race at, I think citizens bank park in the stadium. That'd be cool. In like October or something like that. Mm. So, so
0: is the thought like the F like all the F3 regions would like start together. If they did this potentially, maybe you can't give away the secret recipe to what the sauce is going to be, but. Did we lose them? I don't know. Can you hear us? Yeah,
2: I can. It, it's breaking up a little bit right now. Oh, i to turn my video off. So that way it's hopefully we'll get better. All right. Um, yeah.
0: Did you hear my question? I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. My my question was like. No, I did not. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, and we can edit this out, Spielberg. Uh, my question was like, are they looking to to kind of do it where like the F three regions would all start together, like with a certain time slot?
1: I think we lost you. Say right? it one more time. Yeah. Sorry, brother.
0: Sorry. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. So my my question was are they are they looking to where all the F3 regions would start together? in the Spartan race so
2: so that's something we got got to work on yeah so, so the idea would be not necessarily all start together, but sort of the staggered start would be the hope. Um, it was the, the method they used in the Marine Corps mud run was to be able to have, sort of F3 guys go out after each other. Um, so not, not necessarily, it could be, I guess, in Spartan where we could have heat, but more than likely it would be where we would have, you know, some guys start at 10, some guys at 10.15, some at 10.30. Those are all details that are much further down the line right now, but th- that's my vision is so we have a constant stream of F3 guys. So you have a constant stream of F3 jerseys,
3: yeah. right,
2: with the logo on the chest. Got it, You yep. have a constant stream of finishers jumping across the fire. Yep. Um, that to me would be the vision that would work well.
1: Uh, if We could do that.
0: Yeah. I love having these guys that are on the national SLT. Oh, we get right? the inside here, the
1: inside scoop on yeah, stuff. We're, we're, we can we're, share it with our listeners. Yeah. We're, we're insiders, but only for a and, week or two. Yeah. And it's, here's the trick. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the trick is now we have to make the vision real. Right, that's right, the hard yeah. part. Not just to have it, but to make it real. So, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's a, a really I'm intrigued by that. I think a Spartan race a sprint at least would be easier than a grow ruck over, you know, all night long for me. I mean, to start, to start my adventure back after my back injection. I think that'd be good. Although I am running in the Tussie 50. We're doing a, a, a shorter relay, endurance relay coming up in October. So anyway, uh, well, Bono, I, uh, and, I'm very interested in uh, all this stuff because I told you at the beginning of the podcast, this is sort of my D2X. I know that when, when I took over as Nantan and I'm looking at the, the, at the mission statement, it's invigorate male community leadership. And I'm thinking, okay, we're doing these workouts and guys can step up and cue. But how else can I get guys involved in leadership? How, how else can we get them, you know, the, I uh, mean, you look at the LDP, the leadership development process, uh, guys yep. need opportunity. Um, going, having a a source meeting to study cue sources, one thing that's the studying stuff, right? Um, and queuing a workout is one way, but like how else? And so I reached out to Bing. Bing was my Nantan when I was in Florida, so he was my resource. And he said we have a document with all these le- uh, shared leadership uh, team positions, where guys could be a fir- you could have a first FQ and a second FQ and a yep. third FQ, and, all. and that was new to me. Now, fortunately, I reached out to Bing and got the answer within, I don't know, like a month or two or whatever. Cause I was curious, but, um, but we got, I, am sure you guys deal with this. Like, how do you, how do you get that message out there to new regions? Like some guy's planting a shovel flag. He doesn't know about this stuff. Uh, I mean that, that must be a challenge.
2: Yeah, it is. And that's where education and Tommy boy comes in and the stuff we're trying manual. Um, so that's, we got a meeting tomorrow actually to look at that. And how do we make those resources, Uh, more accessible? How do we make sure that it's it's easy to find, it's intuitive to find? How do we make sure that if guys have a question, the answer is easy to search for, easy to find? Um, Or if they're working with a a close by region, the close by region can say, oh yeah, we've had this before. Here's where we found it. Um, And it's on that Stuff Worth Trying manual and it's there. So that's something we're looking at doing. Uh, Bada Bing and his technology team, they're, they're really looking at it and Tommy Boy is the cultivator of that. Uh, so looking at how do we not only have it in there, but it's not just simply text one after one line after the other, right? So how do we have visuals? How do we make it easy to find and intuitive to mm-hmm. make sure that the end user experience is, is positive. And so we're doing a lot of work on that right now to, to try to make that to improve it, I guess, always constantly accelerate and improve that.
1: Yeah, is that stuff worth trying manual? Is that on the website?
2: It is now. It's actually, if you go to the F3 website now, there is a link there that Bada Bing just put in. Uh, It uses a program called CODA, which is a little bit different. Um, And that's one that, um, that, yeah, you can go to the the regular F3 website and under resources is stuff worth trying. Um, And then when you bring that up, you'll see the, sort of the the homepage there And, and what we're trying to do now and what Bada Bing is really working on is trying to make sure that it, um, that it just makes sense as guys um, try to click on it and use it and see what's going on. And how do we ask, answer questions for new packs? Uh, so if you're new to F3, what's in there? Uh, or if you're an experienced person, what's in there? So mm-hmm. trying to define that and split up what we're doing. So we're, it's a work in progress in a sense. Um, so we'll constantly be working on it, but it's, uh, it's something that uh, should be really neat once we get it um couple months down the road as well so it's it's usable now so look it up search it see what you find so
0: good you're, stuff you're interested because you want to know if nantan week <laughs> made the cut. <laughs> so deep deep is on the stuff worth trying podcast back in the spring yep because yeah because they had heard of they had heard about the nantan week thing <laughs> that, that we had the second annual nantan week back uh, that april march i can't remember but uh, he was on to talk a little yep. bit about uh, our, our Nantan Week festivities.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a lot of so fun. I heard about
0: those shenanigans. That was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really good. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, the, the the packs, our packs really, I put it out there as complete joke the first year. It was just a complete, you know, goofball thing. Uh, but dial up started it, but the, the whole group uh, kind of ran with it and created a, a week where basically they got to roast me and do things and, create beatdowns uh, based on certain poking things. A little f- poking a little, <laughs> fun, poking at a little fun at the Nantan. But I think the first year and then the second year, were, each week was like our highest attended week. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was a good way for guys to kind of get a little bit more invigorated and, you know, EH guys and stuff like that. So if it's not in that That's darn stuff cool. worth trying, manual, it better be. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make t-shirts.
2: That's right. Well, it, look, get on Tommy Boy. Oh, you you yeah. have his, you have his, his email and his, his his handle, right? So yeah, sure, get on. Right.
1: Him. Yeah, I, I'm. Oh, better, sure. I better. I better. Cool. I'm gonna look yeah. see it for see got, yeah better.
0: for next year. We've got t-shirt ideas <laughs> with like a Mount Rushmore theme, oh, yeah. and uh, a few legendary NanTans <laughs> making up <laughs> the Mount
1: Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, I do not qualify, but uh, but anyway. Yeah, whatever. Put it on your wall and throw darts at it.
2: Whatever your pe- whatever your guys can do to make fun of you, that means you're influencing them in the right way. I'm yep, doing that.
0: something. To yeah, sure.
1: that. You got it. You got it. Yeah, lately I've been putting really bad dad jokes on my Nantan channel for our local Slack <laughs> communication. <laughs> yeah, we start a dial-up usually when we do a round of Mary and do an ab exercise. Usually, We usually do a, a plank. He, he usually leads a plank, and, and uh, he started throwing out, you know, Dad jokes, and so that's one of the things that we do. And uh, it's been there on TikTok lately. There's these two Very guys cool. that are on TikTok all the time. Yeah, with these dad yeah, jokes. I
0: follow those guys. Yeah. yeah, it helps make the planking time go by yep. quicker. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Sure. Yeah. All right, so I got two yeah. more questions for you. At least that's your excuse for it, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I got two more questions for you. The first one is, uh, if you were to pick somebody that uh, was sort of your idol, your hero, people you look up to, doesn't even have to be somebody alive. Could be somebody from the past or whatever. Who would that be? Uh, one of the
2: guys that um that helped me early on as a leader was a guy named arnie formo Uh, he was my lodge advisor for crotan lodge in the Order of the arrow um i was i think 19 at the time and technically the in the order of the arrow the youth are in charge the adults are just advisors and a lot of times um you see an adult and really they're in charge and the, the youth is just the puppet. Uh, but Arnie's a guy who trusted me when a difficult decision had to be made. He would always ask me, so what do you think chief? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where he would never let me jump off the cliff or fall off the cliff, but I could get pretty close before he would pull me back and say, what about this? And think about it. Um, he was one of those guys who was completely selfless. Um, he had some sons, but he was lodge advisor for probably 20 years with his boys out of the OA. And he just kept coming and kept doing it. Um, whenever he built anything, if we call it, you, you build it Arnie style as Arnie and red. Cause red was his uh, associate advisor. Um, it's always overbuilt and whatever he would build, whether it's a bridge or an arena, it's going to last for 75 or a hundred years. And mm-hmm. so he's one of those guys who just impacted me in a really positive way, uh, early on in life about how to do things the right way, how to trust other people. And he'd love to laugh. Um, I mean, he was just a, 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 really cool guy. Um, whenever I think of Walt Disney world, I think of Arnie Formo, cause he went the very first year it was, it started down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, when he would his his he had this like conversion van and he was a stained glass guy and his or his son was a, a stained glass guy and so his son made a, a Minnie and Mickey stained glass for the back of the van.
3: <laughs> and
2: uh he had uh WWW fan on on his like custom license plate for Walt Disney World fan and mm-hmm. you know when I think about that and he just he's one of those crazy guys and um I remember one of the guys on our team as a leader, he's probably a 16 year old guy. He's like, Mister Formo, what's WWW fans stand for? He says something about wacky wild women, and everybody <laughs> just started laughing. And we knew it was, you know, so just at those things there, he uh, he was a, he was a good man. Um, mm-hmm. Taught me a lot.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. cool. He and he he definitely took an interest in you, invested in you. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
2: Oh, he, he did, yeah. and all all the guys, all the all the chiefs, he did. Yeah, it was positive.
1: So my last question is a question we ask everybody. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What message do you have for the men of America?
2: I would say um, my, my personal, you know, sort of ULP ultimate life purpose is to positively impact those I love by engaging and empowering them to be leaders who build leaders. I think part of it for me is in that mantra is is to be a leader who builds leaders to do what you said that Mr. Formo did is invest in other people and that's a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, our first Nantan I mentioned Papa Smurf he died of ALS he mm-hmm. got it and about ten months later he passed away. Um, and the one thing I learned from that ten month journey uh, spending a whole lot of time with him was that when you invest in other human beings that you live on forever. Uh, that, that to me is part of heaven is when I invest in my daughters, I invest in the the kids on the, the cross-country team that are not my kids, when I invest in my the members at church, when I invest in the, the people and teach them how to be a leader and then let them lead. Um, that is a powerful way to do that fourth quadrant of how to leave right, how to leave that legacy and make sure the vision carries on after you're gone. And that to me is is one of the most powerful things you can do as a human being, let alone a leader. So invest.
1: Yeah, it's really good, man. Yeah. It's all about relationships, right? Our, um, totally. Relationship with totally. our creator and then our relationship with everybody else. Yep. And, uh, and that's where the For legacy sure. is left, right? Just like you said, yep. investing in other people. That's a great message, buddy. Well, Dial-Up, I think we just spoke to another high impact, man.
0: We absolutely did. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on.
1: Excellent. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. Yeah, Bono, keep it doing... It was
2: a uh, was a good time.
1: Yeah, keep doing the good work out there. And listen, you got to take the message to the Skylight Barbecue Place. Smoked meatloaf. <laughs> and they could call it the D-Fib. All right? Even if they don't call I, it the d I will tell you, you,
2: <laughs> you served yourself up because you talked about smoking meatloaf yeah. with a sweet sauce in my middle school principal brain or middle school teacher brain or middle school kid brain is like, oh my goodness, we could totally go off track there so <laughs> i will keep smoked meatloaf as a recipe that i need to, to explore for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just that's to good. laugh if nothing else that's though. really good so,
1: all, right. Um, <laughs> all right buddy god bless you keep up the good work man
0: all right take care take thank you for thank you. listening to this take week's care, episode right. i would like to Bye. thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.